And now, a bit of romance. Two girls on a quest to find which rom-com is the best. P.S. I love rom-coms. I love rom-coms. Hello, and welcome to P.S. I Love Rom-coms, the podcast about getting it on, Nora <laughs> Ephron, and Hank's named Tom. I'm Allie. And I'm Mia. P.S. I Love Rom-Coms is a podcast where Allie and I, rom-com connoisseurs, try to answer that burning question. Which rom-com is the best rom-com of all time? Joining us today is TV and film director. He's worked on projects for the Sci-Fi Channel, Comedy Central, and Funny or Die. And if he was in a rom-com, he'd be a high-powered Canadian book editor <laughs> who gets their assistant to agree to be fake engaged so he doesn't get deported. Guys, it's Austin Kalani. Oh, thank you guys. I'm 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 so excited to be on. What a great intro. Um, is that a ref? Is that the Ryan Reynolds movie? reference or is that a specific uh, film or? Yeah, that was the proposal and yes. uh yes we, we uh we uh, uh compared you to sandra bullock <laughs> oh i love i love i love sandy that's great well i'm so excited to be on i've been listening all week i'm very excited oh my um, god. I'm an oh avid. My gosh. i don't think i'm as well versed as you guys in the rom-com world but i am a, a, a fan uh, at oh, welcome. This might be a little test of your rom-com knowledge, but we will absolutely help you through um, as we do all the time, which is we like to kick off our episodes with a little segment we called which rom-com hero heroine are you channeling this week? Mm. And we basically equate the experiences we've had this week with a famous rom-com hero or heroine. I think I can start us off this week, uh, Mia. Uh, this week, <laughs> I feel like I am channeling Anna Ferris's character in the rom-com that me and I have actually watched together called <gasps> What's Your Number? Yeah. This week, I am channeling Allie Darling. Um, oh my God. <laughs> and for those of you who are less familiar with this um, diamond in the rough of rom-coms, <laughs> What's Your Number is a rom-com uh, about a woman who has had sexual relations with many a men, um, and she gets a little bit slut-shamed by her friends uh, mm -hmm. for having sex with too many men. And so um, she's like, I, I'm i going to have sex with 30 men, and that's it. It's like, the next guy I meet, I'm not going to have sex with. Uh, and I think the next guy she meets is like Chris Evans? Yeah, um, oh, that's, that's convenient. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not just like any Chris Evans. It's a young Chris Evans. God. And he's supposed oh my to be like God. a schlubby. Like you're not supposed to find him attractive. <laughs> which is so silly. It's impossible. He's so yummy. And um, so um, I'm channeling Allie this week um, just because, you know, during the core, I've been like on the dating apps and I've just been you know, obviously I haven't been touching anybody because, you know, we're all at home, but mm -hmm. I've been like asking a lot of people out on dates, which is so weird because, you know, no one can go out on dates. <laughs> and, um, I've been texting a lot of people. And, um, if you've listened to the episode last week, I've been getting rejected, um, a little <laughs> bit as well. Um. And I think it's like time for me to, you know, take a step back like Allie Darling and be like, Hey, I'm not going to ask any more people out um, oh my gosh. but mm -hmm. like ali i met this person and i'm texting them and it's really hard and it's chris evans guys 
I met Chris Evans swiped right on me on Tinder, and now, and now it's like, oh, should I ask him out? Oh, I wanted, I want to, but I haven't. Yeah, this week I'm channeling Allie, and I am really trying to, you know, just get to know somebody uh, in a not you know push things forward too quickly yeah that's great you guys this week i um so this is an exciting week for me because <laughs> i uh for the first time in let me think what model was my last computer i think it was a 2010 macbook pro and i just uh, recently upgraded, which is a huge upgrade for me, to a um, 2015 MacBook. Oh, um, That's great. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yes, thank you. Which I, I alert. Oh my gosh, I know quite the upgrade for me. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to get a computer that's, you know, five years newer than my last one, five years older than, you in know, the, the current. Yeah, yeah than yeah. in the past. And um, I have to say, it's incredible. It's amazing. I now, um, things, tasks that were taking me so long are now so quick. And so I'm realizing um, just like how antiquated I've been for the last few years. Yeah. My only um, complaint is that the keyboard, which is like, I think there's now a recall on this keyboard. Um, but I think it's, I literally, I kind of think the keyboard is sexist because my fingers, <laughs> <laughs> my fingers like can't reach all the keys. And it just like when I type, it just writes like slurs. And yeah, it just, like, yeah. It's just like saying all these misogynistic things. But I feel like this was designed for people with big hands, and I don't have those. But otherwise, no complaints. But basically, wow, another brag from Mia <laughs> bragging about how tiny her hands are. Wow. And, okay, let me, Mia. Let me just quickly drop in how small my hands are. Um, <laughs> it's so funny. I can't. I like. I wear a size zero in gloves. Um, <laughs> but um. So now, but basically, it's like um. Okay. So all of this to say that I now, for the first time ever, have my text messages on my computer. Oh yeah, and that's I, a blast. Yeah. And I love it. And I'm constantly texting people. So I'm channeling Meg Ryan from You've Got Mail. Mm. Oh yeah. Yes. yes. Because That's a whole great. new world of communication has opened up to me. And I'm like, I cannot believe I ever texted people on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I, maybe because it's fresh on my mind. I did watch it like just like probably like five days ago was uh, About Time with Donald Wilson <gasps> and Rachel McAdams. Oh, my God. Just rewatch that. It's, <laughs> it's so good. It's a delight. It's just like the sweetest, best. I love that movie. Yeah, it's so good. Um, yeah, I think that's, that movie's well, one, it hooks you just right off the bat, opens with that tattoo song during the New Year's party, if you oh, guys wait, remember. Like the main tattoo song? The like, yeah, like all um, the things you said. All the things you said. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. That, that, that part has been a big part of my life since I've been a small boy. Um, that's <laughs> Um, so yeah, that, that hooks you right from the start. That song is like, has been played a lot during my past like couple weeks for a couple reasons. Like I worked on like a, a music video cover of that song and then oh I like God. paired it with a, like a, a meme thing. And so like that song has been like a big anthem for me in 2020 is that tattoo song. So the, the fact that that movie <laughs> opens with it, um, kind of just hooked me from the start. And then I guess yeah. just in terms of the characters, like Dom Gleason's character, um, I identify with, I think he's, uh, uh, a good dude and he um kind of channels I, where i'm at in life i feel i i have that romantic side in me and i still do and i and i love that side of myself but then what i like about about time is that it's 
it's not, I mean, it is like a, it's a rom-com, but it's also like just kind of about like a guy like maturing and just kind of like learning how like life works um, a little bit. Like it's not, I mean, the, his relationship with like Rachel McAdams is like the, the centerpiece of the movie, but it's also mm-hmm. kind of the bigger picture of like him learning about like family and like, you know, uh, mortality and things like that. And I feel like that's mm-hmm. what I've been thinking of a lot about and like coming at coming to terms with and, and stuff the past couple weeks of quar, um, yes. as you said. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I think that movie's great. Well, okay, guys. I think it's time to uh, dive into the movie discussion. Uh, today we watched the 2012 rom-com drum Silver Linings Playbook. In this film, Patrizio, or Pat Solitano Jr., a man with bipolar disorder, played by Bradley Cooper, is released from a psychiatric hospital and moves back in with his parents, played by Robert De Niro and Jackie Weaver. Determined to win back his estranged wife, Nikki, Pat meets young widow Tiffany Maxwell, played by Jennifer Lawrence, who offers to help him get his wife back if he enters (laughs) a dance competition with her. This movie was based on the book with the same title written by Matthew Quick. David O. Russell both directed and wrote the screenplay for the film. It received eight Academy Award nominations, including for Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Adapted Screenplay. And with Jennifer Lawrence, ended up winning the Academy Award for Best Actress. Oh my God, is that true? That's yes. She was like so young. Oh my God, she she was like twenty two. Yeah, she was twenty two. She was really that young. Jeez, I didn't realize that. And she was twenty one when she filmed it. Oh, good for her. I love I love J Law. I want to see her more stuff. Great, great, great work. Okay, you guys, what were some of our initial thoughts on this film? This movie, I started watching it and I was, my first thought 20 minutes in was, uh oh, we didn't pick a rom com. This is so, (laughs) so dramatic. And I was like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? This film is not funny or romantic. It's really serious. And then I was like, okay, maybe me and I can find a way to spin this to make it seem like a rom com. (laughs) And then, Jennifer Lawrence shows up and uh, the film takes a turn and everything gets lighter and funnier. My big takeaway from this film is that those first 20 minutes where Bradley Cooper's character, Pat, gets out of the psychiatric hospital is is really sad and um, hard. And you watch him struggle with his bipolar disorder and um, kind of deny it. And it's really tough and nothing about that is, you know, romantic or um, funny, but that taking that 20 minutes at the beginning was really necessary because I think it took the time to like honor mental disorders in a way that I feel like maybe a typical rom-com wouldn't. Totally. Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes rom-coms, you know, get straight to the meat cute and kind of simplify things that are a little bit more complex. And I think by taking that time, it made this rom-com like very special and honestly portrayed mental disorders in a way that was um, fair and um, good. Was this So was this your first time watching the film? It was my second time. Gotcha. The, and I forgot how serious it was. And then it's so funny, like as soon as... J-Law like gets on the screen it's like the movie shifts and like it's like you feel a shift in Pat's character and you also feel like a shift in the movie where it's like 
Ooh, something uh, something fun is brewing. Oh, it's, yeah, it's a total like shot of energy and life when she joins the like dinner party. Scene. Oh my gosh! Um, yeah, oh my it's god! Incredible. Mia, have you seen the film before, or was this your first time? Yes, I saw it in theaters, and so that would be in 2012. So I remember seeing it in theaters and loving it so much because it was doing something that I really don't think I don't remember a lot of other films doing at that time, and certainly not rom coms, which was tackling mental health. Yeah. Um, and having conversations about not only the main character's mental health, but also the side characters and sort of just speaking to this point that um, mental health should be something that people can openly discuss and treat. Because there was a lot of like sort of therapy shaming, I think, from the other characters who seemed to, I think it, the message was kind of like, they also need like help and everyone has exactly. their own. Exactly, yeah. It, it showed yeah. that even like all, like De Niro's character, his brother, his friend, yeah, like they, everyone's Ronnie. struggling with some form of, you know, someone's got... <laughs> I think that, that that's such a beautiful part of the film is that it shows that like we can talk about these things um, and that everyone does have their eccentricities and quirks and certain brain chemistries. And yeah, I thought this movie did it. I, when I, this movie came out in 2012, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie. I saw it in theaters, I think seven times. Like, hey, really? this is good. Oh my God, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh my God, what, what was it? Yeah, what about the movie where you're like, I have to go back again to see I it? Had to. I'm such a sucker for stuff that like walks that tightrope of drama and comedy. So I think, yeah, I oh. think you're right. This is probably more on the dramatic spectrum than your normal fare of rom-coms that you guys are going to be like discussing. But when I saw this in theaters, also just, I mean, just to be open, like I have my own like form of like it may be mild, but like bipolar disorder. Like I'm on that spectrum. I I'm not full on Pat in a lot of ways, but I do sure. see like that kind of manic side of myself sometimes. And just seeing it like represented in film, all the way down to like the score, like Danny Elfman's score, and just the way that the fa- it just reminded me of being in my family household. Like what I think like uh-huh. David O. Shine's best at is like when he's got ensemble scenes when he's got like seven people in a room talking over each other and the, the cameras oh like, whipping, like that kind of chaos like that's what it was like like growing up with my family is everyone's like yelling at each other like, <laughs> laughing and hugging and yelling and yeah that like, that's just what the Claudney household is so <laughs> him yeah they're all from like Brooklyn and have like kind of the De Niro accent as well so <laughs> the, the, the fact that he was able to capture that um I think is what drew me to see it. And it was like right when I, so Allie, that's right when I like transferred to USC. It was like 2000, fall of 2012. Um, and so I was like starting film school and living in a, on my own for the first time and was going through some stuff. And just that movie just like helped me cope with some things like when it came out. Um, so I definitely, yeah, this is like one of my favorite romantic comedies for sure. I think this was the film, one of the first or one of the few films to do the, the the four the all four category nomination because Jackie yes. Weaver was nominated De Niro was nominated uh, Bradley Cooper and and Jennifer Lawrence they all got nominated in their respective categories which is I think pretty cool and a testament to the characters that they they built in this film I also think that this movie was so well cast like yes. I know that I know that Jennifer we were talking about earlier that Jennifer Lawrence was really young in this film but like the other people that they were Thinking of casting was like they were thinking about Elizabeth Banks, Kirsten Dunst, Angelina Jolie, Blake Lively, Rachel McAdams, Olivia Wilde. And all of those, you know, women are talented actresses. But I feel like Jennifer Lawrence is like such a perfect, you know, fit for that part. Like her like confidence and her like 
she has like this grounded energy that I felt was like so good for Tiffany and like um, Bradley Cooper was so perfect for Pat. I think it's one of his best. I I, I think it's his best performance that I've seen him do. He's um, so really yeah. good. Supposedly. Okay. I found this on Wikipedia. So, you know, it's true. Classic. Um, <laughs> classic. Supposedly like um, David O. Russell saw Bradley Cooper's performance in Wedding Crashers and he liked his like good guy, bad guy energy in it yeah, and was like, yeah. oh, Bradley Cooper would be so good in this part. And he is because like he does kind of like have this like it feels like suppressed anger about him, but also mm-hmm. like this. He also has like this goodness about him, too. And like. It just comes across so well. Yeah, you know what? You know what moment and cat? It's early on, and I don't know how you guys like. Do you guys have to go through like chronologically? But it's very early on <laughs> no. in the film when he gets out of the the facility and he's and he's on his run and he runs by his old high school that he taught at. And there's yeah. that woman, and also just down to the casting. The casting's great with the leads, but like, yeah, I think what David does so well and, and Mary Venu and like that, like all I think that was Mary Venu, like all the casting directors he works with, like they cast these like small, like one scene roles in these towns that feel so like these like women, like, like Jennifer Lawrence's parents look like just real parents that you, would <laughs> and, then yes. the, and then that teacher that's like getting out of her car and going to the school and Pat's running and he's like, Hey, Mrs. So-and-so. And she goes, ah, and she like waddles away and like tries to get into the school. And then, but, but talking about like Bradley Cooper, him, able to like walk that tightrope of like kind of menacing and scary, but then like, like a puppy dog is like when he's like, being intense with her when she brings up the the history teacher and he's like why would you yes. bring that up why would you you're trying to get me pissed yeah. like why would you do that and he's scary he's like he's a huge dude he's wearing a trash bag like he's he looks psycho and yeah. then she's like well you look good you look thin and then he just saw you see his whole face soften he's like a golden retriever and he's like oh yeah i lost some weight thank you like he you changes know? on a dime it's and that's, so I mean, exactly and that's what i think you know a lot of people with bipolar uh, disorder are able to do um whether it's in their control or not and and the fact that he could tap into that i thought was was just like it was brilliant it was really good i thought the casting in this was amazing i normally the hill i choose to die on is i normally get uh (laughs) pretty angry if the (laughs) age difference between the female and male lead is more than 10 years only because because it's happened so often that it feels like being like women are not valuable above a certain age but men are so i normally get i can get really like feisty about that but in this movie (laughs) i don't i don't feel that at all about this movie because jennifer lawrence is so good in it and bradley cooper is so good in it that i'm like i think this is is the exception yeah and i think that's that connection to i think i'm sure david like auditioned and met with all these actresses and i think it i mean this was i think the first time they worked together and they worked together like a shit ton of times since Ugh. so like i think there was like a connection directorially between like david and jennifer like on a like a soul level like they they got each other and each other's like kind of manic energy yes yeah and I, I i think it comes through here so well the diner scene with bradley cooper um where on halloween yeah they go on a date to a diner and it's well, like not some... a date he ordered a raisin oh, bread yes. so in his yeah, mind yeah. it's not a date <laughs> which was so orders tea, yeah. Well, which is... yeah what she says back she, it could still be a, it could still be a date if you order raisin bread yeah. yes. <laughs> oh they're so good they're so good and that's her her freak out that's her, her that's where she kind of cracks a little bit too and she oh. she gets pissed that like she he's like kind of not willing to equate each other's level of like mental illness and and then yes. she just oh, I she love knocks that. everything off. She just she's like, you think I'm so crazy? And she just knocks <laughs> everything off. The, uh, it looks so fun to, to yeah. film. Yeah. Uh, I actually did that scene for an acting class once. So, oh, uh, no 
Oh my god, it's so oh so wild. But that scene is so brilliant. I like watching it, I was like, wow, Jennifer Lawrence is a way better actress than I am. (laughs) Because you can just in her in her eyes, you can just see like the wheels turning. Like you can just see you can just see her like uh, taking in what he's saying and like filtering it all and like figuring it out. Oh, she's so good in that scene and they have such great chemistry um as a pair and i just want to say quick little fun fact but (gasps) before this movie um bradley cooper and uh jennifer lawrence i think a couple months earlier we're filming another movie together (gasps) called serena it didn't do too well (laughs) but all the reviews are like bad movie but man they have great chemistry (laughs) (laughs) so silver linings was one of my favorite movies and i was in my last semester of usc and i was like interning at annapurna pictures and then through that internship started interviewing to be david's assistant on joy the the other bradley (gasps) cooper jennifer lawrence movie so i i got it and then i left usc it was like all like last minute like right before the drop deadline and then like packed my bags overnight and like went to boston to work on joy oh my god Um, so i i worked for david for like a year and a half and then i also like through a weird like turn of events ended up working for suzanne for a little bit in los angeles on bird box so she directed selena to or serena whatever the other oh my god (laughs) an excellent direction that's that was another thing that all the reviews said. They said great chemistry between the leads and also excellent direction by Suzanne. They're both brilliant directors that I learned a lot from, but very different styles, super different style of directing. And that was a cool thing to see as well, is that like they have I mean there's a lot of things they did in common and I and I, I try to take from both, but they definitely do things pretty differently as directors. Um, yes. But yeah, it, oh. it's, it's crazy that they've been paired in two different like cinematic universes. <laughs> yeah, did that overlap. Something that like I, and I wonder if he did this on um, Joy too, but like that I really liked about this film and you kind of mentioned it earlier, Austin, is like there's this kind of like spinning feeling towards it mm. where it like, yes. it feels like there are lots of these shots where they're like, they feel like 360 shots where like mm-hmm. you feel like you're spinning around these characters and the characters are always kind of like running and spinning. And like, you do feel like a little bit like disoriented and it, it, I don't know, it, it really helps put you in kind of like the mindset of Pat where it's like, I'm really overwhelmed yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, David's a very kinetic director. And, and this is what I saw on joy. And I know that like, he kind of found this style on um, the fighter and has kind of brought it to like all of his, his films and this like era of his direction is that he lights 360. So his gaffer will kind of light the room to where like at any point in time we could flip around and, and shoot in any direction um, in a space and then also like he'll have that gaffer or like one of their one of their lighting guys with like a boom pole and a china ball um, light that like they walk so you just all of a sudden could just like if the camera in one of his two steady cam like Jody or Dave like his steady cam operators like move in all of a sudden like that guy with the the china ball light could like walk in right over the camera and like hold the china ball light so that it's lit um, so that you, your actors you're seeing their like eyes and face and stuff um, and yeah it was super fascinating to watch and I know. I watched like back in the day, like at, at USC, like the behind the scenes stuff of Silver Linings, and then you know saw it firsthand on Joy. Was like the way 
the actors would improvise on set and David would throw out alt lines and um, just really be in the moment, um, which I think lends to like why the dialogue in this movie feels so natural um, and human. Totally. From having this conversation, there are two scenes that absolutely jump out to me. Um, in terms of like how much the direction like really helped you feel what it was like in these characters' worlds, and my my favorite one is when Bradley Cooper's on his runs and Jennifer <laughs> Lawrence keeps jumping into the shot. And, like, <laughs> yeah, and it's, like, it's like somehow she runs in front of him and back, and it's always like really startling. And it's like, oh yeah, that like is how it feels for him. And then in terms of that 360 direction, my maybe my favorite scene in this movie is when Jennifer Lawrence gives her big speech to like oh, the, best. the That's whole such a good family. Scene. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, how, so good. Um, speaking to the dad's OCD about how Bradley Cooper <laughs> being with her actually makes the Eagles win. Oh, and so then the- she, gets, she gets a beer from out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> it really does like have this grounded dramedy, like draw like very lived in, you know, mental health element to it. But then there is like very kind of cartoonish rom com uh, tropes yes, in this yes. movie. Um, but I'm glad you wrote down that 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 monologue scene because I love I love that when she just oh lays. That's such a good. That's a, that would be a fun monologue for an actress, I imagine, just oh, to like lay oh, yes. everyone. Uh, and then the way it ends, and then De Niro kind of goes like, I, "I have to agree." Yeah, and then like someone's like, "Oh, I, I like you that. now." Yeah, yeah, that's like, "Oh, you like her now?" He's like, "I have to say, I do." Yeah, I do. Oh my god! <laughs> yes, so, uh, it's that. I think what's so beautiful about that monologue too is like, it it just shows like she can speak to. I mean, Robert De Niro's character, both Pats, um, uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 Pat yeah. and Pat Junior, <laughs> in a way that like they can understand like she like meets them where they're at. Like she understands like how their mind works and communicate and can communicate to them in a way that like makes sense. And I think that's like such a beautiful thing about this rom-com is like, yeah, it's like meeting people where they're at. Yeah. Like speaking De Niro's language of the sports betting and stuff. And like, it's so clear that this is like such a bottled up, angry OCD guy. Like I I also, I wrote down like that scene. Oh, that's such a good scene. I think this is also like one of De Niro's best performances in in his later year. Like like current era De Niro, this is like one of the best you'll see him in. Um, when he approaches like Pat on the bed, when Pat's kind of zonked out and sleeping and De Niro kind of tears up just saying like, um, like, you know, I thought maybe we could watch some games, like, you know, watch some games together. Like, I don't know, maybe I, maybe I didn't, maybe I didn't show you enough attention as a kid. I don't know. That's what these games are about. I'm trying to, trying to connect with you. Like, and he's like tearing up and oh, yeah. that's, it's such a good scene. It's so good. And it's because it's also speaking to the fact that it's having that greater conversation throughout the whole movie that like we as a culture don't handle mental health well. Yeah, and it's cyclical. It's inherited too. Like yes, it's you know, yeah. it's like a big part of why Pat is the way he is because his dad was the way he was, and um, yeah, yeah really fascinating. But it's cool to see the growth though. Like to see him, like the way he was cheering on the Jets or to, to cheering on the Eagles, like him cheering on the dance competition, which also just the ending. And we'll get oh into God. it. The, like, oh. all, the whole ending really starts firing because all of a sudden it's like it becomes a Christmas movie too. And you're yes, when they play that yes. Sinatra song uh, and you start swooning because you see the Christmas lights and you're like, oh my God. Like you just uh, feel <laughs> and then <laughs> but the, the the moment that they they needed just a five out of ten. So oh we're getting God. four at point nine, four point eight, and then yeah. when they get like a five point four, every <laughs> everyone in that whole ballroom is like, ooh, that's rough. And then just seeing De Niro light up and scream because he does the math that that it, that it evens out. <laughs> 
five out of ten. Like the fact that they cheer, like the Eagles just won the Super Bowl for a five out of ten in a dance competition oh is so yes. funny. It, it, that was so funny and so beautiful. Because it yeah. was like, again, I mean, it was hysterical. Like they have the other ballroom dancers be like, oh, that's too bad. But I think it's like, uh, yeah, it's like, again, speaking to this theme that it's like, maybe they see something that you don't see. You know, like, yeah. uh, and that's a Pat Jr. quote. Like, maybe we, I love that line when he's like, maybe we I'm see so something good. that you guys don't. Have you ever thought about that? I, 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 I use that a lot in my day to day. Oh, it's, it's, yeah. it's amazing. And so, yeah, to see that mirrored throughout and all the side characters come together. The side yeah, characters. This is, this is oh. where all the, the trope, like the, the rom com tropes of like, look, the whole gang's here. We've got yeah. the big. And then it's, and it's a dance finale. Like, that's where it yes. really leans uh, into rom com. So, yeah, hopefully, Allie, and, by the end, you, you, you've got why I guess I, I wanted to pitch you guys on this as a yes, rom com. It is a rom com. It definitely, definitely is a rom com. I. Can we okay? I just can we talk about some of these side characters because oh, yeah, a good a good rom com. <laughs> you know, so much of the comedy in rom coms, as me and I are discovering, comes from side characters, and yes. we have so many amazing side characters. Uh, Chris Tucker is in this movie. Uh, Julia Stiles is in this movie. Oh, she's, she's good. His friend, her husband. I love that when he like, takes him into the room and he's like, I'm fine, but I'm crushed. You know, he's like, I'm doing great. The pressure, the pressure. <laughs> yes. I'm fine, but I'm punching a hole in my wall. Yes. <laughs> I and hurt then, oh my, my hand. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think it's so hard for me to choose favorites. It's between Dr. Cliff Patel played uh, by Anupam yes. Kerr and yeah. the mother Dolores played by Jackie Weaver. I mean, I, both She's of those. Great. She's yeah, great. The, the, I'm making crabby snacks and so and so. Yeah, oh, like, and yeah, crabby snacks and homemade. So. And homemade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh she's great. Oh the, oh, the brother too. When he's listing off all the things that are going right oh, in his life, and not, and then the God. way De Niro just goes like, maybe, maybe don't say the things in your life. And, and <laughs> There's something about a rom com that I freaking love when all the side characters, when the community is so small, when it's like you just see a small group of people be each other's community in a way that it's like, I truly could cry and I find it comforting and beautiful. And I it's don't know why. Because we can't be in a small community right now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, yeah. Something I wanted to talk about is, of course, the dancing. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. The Less. dancing oh my god. in this movie. Dying to talk about the dancing. <laughs> okay, so first, you know... Thank you, David and Russell, for giving us everything we wanted in a dancing montage. I love oh. a good dancing montage in a dancing studio where people are learning how to dance and they mess up and there's sexual tension brewing. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what's so funny, and the first time I watched this movie, I was so surprised. I don't know why. I think I just assumed, like, even in Dirty Dancing, like, you see them dancing, you're like, wow, they're really, really good. And in this movie, you know, we see them preparing, but we don't see the final yeah, dance yeah, until yeah. the final scene. <laughs> and then you see it and you're like, oh, wow, it's just okay. You know? It's, it's, very, it's, it's, it's very Little Miss Sunshine. Like the, the yeah. whole thing yes. is building up to the dance and you're, you're seeing them rehearse. So you're seeing the sweat equity put into it. And it's like very yeah. clear even from the dance that like, okay, someone took the time to rehearse this and perfect it in their eye, but the innate ability isn't there. Like they're not skilled. <laughs> dancers by any means. Yes. But, they, but, that, but that, that's the beauty of it. And the message is that like, yes, they don't have like an innate talent or like a skill set for dance, but 
they worked really damn hard at it for like a couple months and and they they made something and that they should be proud yeah. of that. Um, and just oh, my mom and I when we saw it in theaters were like in tears. The when when he lifts her up and lowers her down, but it's so <laughs> it's so clunky. Like and her vagina oh is just like God. pressing against his face, <laughs> and the song is like fading out quietly. It's so awkward. It's so, it's good. so awkward. Oh my yeah. gosh! And I also love that the dance is ends up being so jarring. You know, because they're cutting between like sort Songs of more like styles. classic like yeah. civilized it's, dancing it's very to- bipolar it's very manic yeah. yes it's yeah. so, it's really it's really thoughtful and beautiful and they're having so much fun celebrating that point of view and you can just clearly see that it's like oh this it's like this dance is a metaphor for how they experience life yeah and you're just like that's cool that's good I love there's like a shot during the dance where they like do a close up on Jackie Weaver the mom mm. and she's just like oh. oh it made me tear up my next question did you guys have any de niro tears during this movie any any little <sighs> other than i mean so that moment with jackie got you but any other moments yeah. that- <sighs> a moment that i didn't tear up but it made me cover my mouth and like touch my imaginary pearls on my chest where I'm like, oh my God. Um, One of the first times Tiffany catches Pat jogging by her house. He like calls her something like either like a slut or something like that. And then she like turns on him and is like, I know I may be like sloppy and all over the place, but like, I love those parts of myself. Mm, Like I love, and it's like, yeah, it was so beautiful that she, she had, like, she loves herself and she embraces herself. And like, I just love that strength in her character and it was beautiful. And I love, I love a strong woman. That's yeah. Oh that's God. an iconic line when she's like, I, I, "There's a part of me that's slutty and dirty, and I love that part of myself." Yeah, that's like such a. Can, can great... you say the same fucker? Oh, when oh, she delivers yeah, she, that she line, shoves, and she shoves him really hard in the chest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, another moment that I thought also just like really does a great job of showing their connection and like I think like what love looks like is when they're at the dinner party, right? And they're both stilted, they're both uncomfortable, they're both on edge, but then they start talking about the different meds oh, that they've yeah. been prescribed. Yeah. I love that moment. Should we dive into some of the classic rom-com tropes that this movie touches upon? Oh, I would love yeah, you guys take it away. I can't cuz you guys are students of the game, so I, I would love to hear <laughs> to hear your your guys' ana- analysis, your 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 deft analysis of this. So I'm, I'm stoked. Yes. Yes. I'll start off with the near kiss. This movie has like so many near kisses where (laughs) it's like, it feels like they're almost always about to kiss. Um, There's like that one where like he walks across the dance studio um, and he almost kisses her. And then there's like, every time she gets up into his face, like it's almost like they're about to kiss. So a lot of near kisses. There's a dance montage. Okay. Where they learn how to dance. It's very cute. Here's a pitch for a new, rom-com trope um, and we can, we can say whether or not this is a rom-com trope or a movie trope but in a lot of rom-coms I feel like there's always the perfect brother or perfect sister yes. um, <laughs> if we look at 27 Dresses there's Tess, the perfect sister yeah, I fully, I fully um, am down to indoctrinate that into the uh, official what's trope like a, what's a fun like catchphrase for that like what do you guys want to yeah. name that oh man yeah. 
like perfect perfect sibling like the perfect perf, sibling the, the perf sib yeah but it's the perf sib the perf sib okay here's um and this is maybe like a little bit looser but i'm gonna say that nikki was a one-dimensional ex um, i don't think she had a line of dialogue i think she they had specifically... one line maybe maybe she had no lines this is another pitch for one, but I see it a lot. It's pretending to like being a wingman to help the hero get the girl slash guy they like, but you yourself secretly being in love with them. Mm. Oh, that's true. It's like when someone's like, I'll help you get the girl back. And then it, you just end up loving that person. Yeah. Wing, wing scheming. Wing. Oh, yes. Wing scheming. The wing schemer. The wing, the wing schemer. schemer. There you go. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> the holiday element that like you kind of spend, you kind of mark, it benchmarks time with you have their first date on Halloween. And then yes. later they've got the crisp, it, the finales on Christmas or their 20. Uh, remember, it's like the, the couple days after Christmas is the, the dance competition. Oh, that's um, right. So like, yeah. yeah very kind of, Jones. Yeah. Like a finale during like a holiday during like a Christmas or something like that. Yeah, is, The climax during Christmas. There's like a specific shot that felt very rom-com or just romance movie is like when she when she sees him talking to Nikki and then she leaves Ugh. and she's running through the ballroom and then he has to go chase after her that like the chase, yes, after, the chase, the chase after yeah 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 the chase yes, the big... running for your love yeah, running they, for your love yeah this movie has that along with that i have uh, the ending fake out which is which mm-hmm. Jackie Sneal termed uh the trope where basically right you see him talking to Nikki she's heartbroken it's not happening. And then he runs after her. And then it's like, I wrote this letter a week ago. Oh, right. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, yeah it's like it, right at the end of like most rom-coms, it has to be this thing where you're like, oh, it's not going to happen. And then you're like, it's <laughs> yeah. Or you could have the positive advice that De Niro gives him when De Niro at the end tells him like, go, you got to, you got to, you got to chase after you got to take it. You got to go, you got to go get that girl right now. Like when someone yes. get, like, what's that called? When like the older, <laughs> wiser character tells the protagonist like, go, you have to go. This is your chance. Go, 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 get, <laughs> go get your man. Yeah, go yeah. get your man. <laughs> Is that what it yeah, is? We'll call is that what you guys call it? <laughs> that's, that's Lacey Mosley. When we gave her her synopsis of who she'd be in a rom-com, she kept saying like she thought she would be the woman that's just like, go get your man. <laughs> <laughs> the last two trips I have to offer are the couple is straight and the couple is white. Yeah, very much mm-hmm. so. Allie, did you have any other ones? Mm-hmm. I have best friend who is really interested in your love life. Of course. Um, I don't know if this is a trope. Whenever anybody brings up like fate, yeah, um, I feel like fate comes up a lot in rom coms, oh, and in, in this rom com, in this rom com, they keep bringing up like, look at the signs, like keep an eye out for the signs, yes. and um, yeah. so there's definitely an element of like, see what fate is telling you, see what destiny is telling you. It's not a good trope to have, but if we were talking about so it's a African American best friend, yeah, that- absolutely BFF. Or is yeah. it BBF, Black Best Friend? Yeah, Black absolutely. Best Friend, yeah. It's got yeah. that for sure. Okay, so it takes us to 13, which is still wow. yeah, pretty pretty middle of the road in terms of like not it's, not, it's not a few and it's not a ton. I think that's pretty solid for like an Oscar-nominated movie. Also, like <laughs> the fact that uh, a rom-com was able to get nominated for <laughs> oh my God. this picture <laughs> is insane. That's unheard of. I think it's time to rate this rom-com, guys. Yes! <laughs> okay, so as of now, our top five rom-coms are Notting Hill, mm. Hitch, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, 27 Dresses, and My Big Fat Greek Wedding. 
Now, if we so choose today, we can put Silver Linings Playbook on that list, but we will all have to unanimously agree to vote off one of those other top five to replace it with. Do we think Silver Linings Playbook deserves a spot on the top five list? And if so, if so, who do we vote off? Here's what I'll say. This list has really curated in my favor. I'll say, and not specifically my favor, but it's a I'm really the more good- dominant of the rom com. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like, in terms of my taste, my sort of sweet spot. It's in a really good place. Um, <laughs> and at this point, I don't know if I'm willing to knock anything off for silver linings because I love wow. silver linings. The, I think the one I'm willing to negotiate on right now is maybe hit. Which I think we might have to call Jackie's if we do that. Yeah, here's here's what I'll say about this list and about rom-coms as a genre. People, when it comes to rom-coms, value different things about it. Talking to Mia, getting to know Mia um, <laughs> and her preferences, Mia loves an equal balance of rom versus com. Correct me if That's I'm true. wrong, Mia. That's so Mia true. loves an even balance of rom versus com. Yeah. Me, on the other hand, I... <laughs> I'm all I need, you know, I love some calm, but I'm all about, about that rom. sexy, sexy She's rom. All about, yeah. all about the sexy rom. So I, I, I understand where this film, because if you're 50-50 rom-com, and then this this mm-hmm. goes kind of three ways. This is rom-com drum. And exactly. I get that that, exactly. that kind of, that dilutes <laughs> yeah. the pool. Like if you, if totally. you're like, if Ali, you're like, hey, I need 65% rom. And this is inherently going to have less because we have to fit in the drum percentage. I, I understand. Exactly. Because, yes, I end up more in the purest camp in that I like I like a nice 50-50 split and I like a nice sort of like even but towards the higher spread of tropes. But not yes. where it's just about the tropes and not the story. But that's, mm-hmm. yeah, I sort of end up in that really structured area. But Allie's about the ROM. <laughs> so, Allie, where are, you, the where, ROM. Are you, where are you coming in in this debate? I'm coming in at... Uh, I think that Silver Lining's playbook should take the uh, spot of forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh and this God. is why. Yeah, yeah wow. that's right, Mia. Buckle oh up. Buckle up. Because oh here, here's my argument. I'm coming at you hot right now. I've been sideswiped. Let's oh, talk, okay, let's talk about the ratio of Ron versus Com. Okay. And forgetting Sarah Marshall, the ratio is heavy on the Com. Heavy I would calm. say light on oh the rum. I'd so say right. there's so You're much so right. time spent on the calm and that the relationship um, between Mila Kunis's character and uh, Jason Siegel's character is, while cute, a little bit underdeveloped. Um, and, and, and also, can we just say unrealistic? Like, and unrealistic. <laughs> you can't say and everyone does. You can't yeah. say and everyone does say. Like you know, with, like- with this with this film, like the you know Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence, yes, the age difference, I I, under, I will concede that point. But at least you know they're both hot. They're both objectively exactly. hot I know. people. I know. And I, I stand down on the age difference for this one because J Law is like, I mean, I just can't. She's an old I soul. Can't. She's an old soul. She's- uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. So I will say that this movie has more rom than uh more rom, and that the the obstacle that um that both Pat and Tiffany have to overcome is much greater than the obstacle that they need to overcome in forgetting Sarah Marshall. So I would argue that Silver Lion's Playbook has better obstacle and better ROM, not as good of calm, but that is why it should take the place of forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh my gosh. I will concede 
that this could take the place of one of the comms, the rom-coms. With Hitch, huh. I'll say like the, right, like I, I love Hitch. I think Hitch is, is pretty solid. But the, but the, I will say the chemistry between Eva Mendes and Will Smith mm-hmm. leaves something to be desired. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. could see it taking Hitch in terms of the chemistry. Like, yeah, yeah. And, the, and for the rom. Because it's like, that's more calm. But I agree that for getting Sarah Marshall, I will say if it has a weak point, which I really, really don't even like to think about because it's such a fantastic <laughs> film. I can't and, even. I, I, I will can't. stay up at night thinking about <laughs> I, I do have to say that, yes, specifically in the second half, the relationship between Jason Siegel and Mila Kunis also leaves something to be desired. I almost want to say for getting Sarah Marshall only because I'm just like, I don't know if we can call Jaquise right now. <laughs> Jakeesa, we we have to call him if someone knocks off Hitch. Wow, so Mia, you would be willing to vote off Hitch. I think so. I love forgetting Sarah Marshall. um, But to me, that feels more straight calm. Like, I I, I agree with Allie. It's a little light on the ROM. But I think in t- if we're talking rom com, like like that kind of, if you guys are you know meg heads and stuff, like I feel like Silver Linings fits fits that that world and that uh, genre a little bit more than Forgetting Sarah Marshall, which I love, love that movie. Yes. Okay. Here's yeah. Okay, I've heard your arguments. I've I've emotionally processed them, and here's my counter offer: is that I will concede that heard <laughs> arguments put forth. Silver Linings Playbook could take the spot of Forgetting Sarah Marshall. But however, I will be putting Forgetting Sarah Marshall on my own personal top five Mia's rom-coms of all time. Well, that got me. You, you built the tension of that. So I'm like, my, hand, my hands are sweaty. Like I'm like stressed right now. I know it's hard because it gets now, it's, you know, we're getting confrontational. This is a confrontation officially. Yeah. So I will concede to remove it, but it will be the first official one on my personal top five rom-coms of all time list. Wow. Wow. That was, so it's, it's official. We are, we are putting silver lining playbook on the top five. It is Oscar. It is, you know, is <laughs> nominated for a lot of Oscars. So but, I guess, another... but I guess due to your research, that's the, that makes it an outlier in the world of rom-coms. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Absolutely. Totally. In a way that's almost like a, it's a, it detracts. It could be a counter, the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, oh yeah, but God. it's on the list. It's on the list. <laughs> Austin, <laughs> come on. It just made it on the list. Let's, just, like, let's not undermine, okay? Let's yeah, not yeah, yeah. undermine. But before we change our minds, since Austin is flip, flipping and flopping, we, we should pivot. <laughs> We got to pivot into our final segment of the evening. It's time for for reality check. In this segment, we test out the tropes and plot devices in the rom-coms you've just watched and see if they hold up in the real world. Yep, yep. And Mm. um, in this, in Silver Lines Playbook, we see this trope, which we just named, uh, the uh, wingman. What did we say? The wingman. Wing schemer. Wing schemer. We see the wing schemer. Um, a little bit. Device. I don't think. I don't think Chris Tucker goes full wing schemer. He teases. He, he's <laughs> he teases. playful with it. Yeah. 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 But we see. Um, we see uh, Tiffany helping uh, Pat get. Nikki back while also secretly being in love with him uh, when Tiffany uses the letter uh, as a way to get closer to Pat. 
Mm-hmm. We kind of see this in other rom-coms, like in Some Kind of Wonderful. We see this in The Duff, um, that teen rom-com uh, <laughs> with Mae Whitman. I and we, good reviews. <laughs> and we see it in He's Just Not That Into You uh, with Jennifer Goodwin and Justin Long. Yes. Um, but guys, does this happen in real life? Have any of us ever offered to wingman, either consciously or subconsciously, to get p- closer to a person that we like? Wingman is a, a specific term, but we can go broader too to like, have you ever like done a favor for somebody just to try to get closer to them? You guys, I accidentally have, but I don't know. I'll tell you guys a story, and I, um, I just don't know if it makes me look like a really bad person. So that's what I wanna... Oh yeah! This is, oh, I okay. can't wait. It was an accident, and I swear. Okay, so the story. Okay. <laughs> uh, like, Mia, did you see so much boyfriend? I slipped on a banana peel, and then when I fell, we just was, were in bed together. It was such an accident, and I oh feel so bad about it. But I was a, I was a wing schemer one time, only because, um. And I feel so bad. I also don't ever want the person to know, but it was so bad. Um, okay, so this is what happened. Um, okay, so when I was in college, there was a girl who I didn't know that well. And she had a crush on this guy that I knew pretty well, who I did not, I was not interested in. And I say that with all sincerity. I was like, I am not interested in this person. I was interested in this other guy who was, me and these two guys were like sort of friends. We'll call the guy Phil. So Phil, uh, <laughs> Phil was someone I worked with who I truly was like not, I was like, no, I, I'm not interested in Phil. And um, she was like, oh, I'm super into Phil. And you know, Phil. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, I'll absolutely like, you know, say something and like try to try to make it happen. And I meant that. And I 100% meant that I would do that. So um, a week or two later, it was like so quickly after, I go to a party with Phil. And um, I'm hoping that this other guy that I'm into will be there and we'll call him Steve. So I'm sort of hoping um, Steve will be there. And Steve is like supposed to be there. And um, I'm really uncomfortable at the party. And Phil's one of the only other people I know there. And um, so Phil and I, I think we're both like kind of uncomfortable to be at this party because it was like well, people we didn't really know that well who were like sort of older than us. And um, we both proceed to get like so hammered, <laughs> like so hammered. And I fully went to the party being like, I'm, I'm going to go to the party and I'm going to hook up with Steve. And I, Steve never showed up. And I went home with Phil. <laughs> oh, so yeah, really yeah. up with Phil, and the next day was like, "Oh my God, I just promised this woman I would put in a good word, oh. and I just, I just like did that." Oh my God, what was I thinking? You're like, okay, no, you describing that I've I've done something like that in the past. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't the intention, and then like it's like, uh, well, I guess that's just kind of how it played out. In my mind, in my mind, Mia, you're getting dressed the morning after, and you're like, oh, by the way, um, I have this great friend <laughs> that you should like totally hang out. No, it was so bad. So I've been an accidental, I swear, unintentional wing schemer, and I still feel bad. And the woman was so sweet and kind, and I did not mean to betray her. And I am a girl's girl, and it was an accident, and I didn't mean to do it. And um, all here's what I'll say: being a wing schemer overrated because I don't. It's been years, and I still don't feel great about it. Uh, <sighs> <laughs> I genuinely offered to do someone a favor and then accidentally got put in the perfect sexy circumstance. It was yeah. an accident. <laughs> it was an accident. I'm so sorry to everyone involved in that story. I love you all and I apologize. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think we say that this trope checks out in real life. Um, whether we, 
It just, ha- you know, it's how much of a conscience you have. Mia has a great one. <laughs> on that note, that's the podcast. Uh, thank you, Austin, so much for coming on and talking with us today. This was a blast. Thank you guys for having me. This is so oh. fun. Austin, do you have any social media things to promote or important romance advice for our listeners? I have a sketch comedy channel called Funny Business uh, with my writing partner, Brooke. Um, it's uh, on YouTube. It's just youtube.com slash funny business. And then on Instagram, it's it's all one word, funny business official. Got a bunch of sketches there. I guess that's like my social media plug. Um, we've started doing since quarantine started, we've started to do these like fake commercials all set to stock footage. <laughs> it's um, so funny. Because, yeah, I mean, normally it's like you will shoot good. our... Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I'll I'll text it to you after this, Mia, so you can watch it. Um, oh, yeah. I I, uh, so I think we're going to be doing a lot of them. We just posted another one today. So yeah, if you check out Funny Business Official on Instagram and then on YouTube and, and Facebook, it's just Funny Business. And in terms of advice to guys, like in terms of like getting a girl's number, like talking to someone in real life, which we can't do right now, but when it does uh, open up again. Um, what I would do is if I like someone, I, I hit it off with a stranger or something, I would write, I would always carry like a pen on me and I would write my number on a napkin or something and give it to them so that the ball is in their court. So that's not like, hey, like I'm not like hovering over someone like, give me your number. It's like, oh, here's the option for you to reach out to me if you want to. Um, I feel like that would be my advice to guys. I love that because it's, it's like kind of romantic, right? In the world where you everyone has a phone and like a social media for the most part. Mm-hmm. I like that's romantic. And I think it's also very respectful. Because then if you like yeah. are like, oh, let's follow each other. I'm very obviously I'm very new to Instagram. So I don't know. But like, <laughs> like I'm assuming right, like that's a little more invasive, right? It's a little more like I'm going to see your whole deal as opposed to like, hey, we're not in that tier of intimacy yet. Have my number and do what you will with it. Yeah. And people don't like to be put on the spot. Like I've seen my female friends, like, like have like a guy, like literally like hand them their phone with the, like add a contact open and just go like, here, put it in. Like, I don't think anyone likes that. No, just give them your number so that like the ball is in their court to reach out to you. Oh, I love I think that. That's great. And well, spike your hair and put lots of gel in it, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of, dig that. Lots of puka Six shell necklaces, motherfucker. And frosted tips. <laughs> yeah, we love that puka. Ladies <laughs> love the puka. <laughs> All right. Well, Austin, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And guys, Thanks thank so you for listening to the podcast. We have a new episode out every week, and remember to subscribe and rate and this has been brought to you by campfire media oh and p.s i love rom-coms i love rom-coms i love rom-coms am i supposed to say it i love Hi, I'm Muriel. And I'm Nick. And we are the co-hosts of the podcast, Hella Hella in Your Your 30s. 30s. This podcast is all about diets, hobbies. Never dying. Never dying. Fitbits. I'm going to try to moisturize my face more. Yeah, alcohol. Should we drink more or less? (laughs) Cheap Chipotle dates for two. We bring you hot episodes every Monday from Campfire Media. So make sure to subscribe on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Campfire.